Welcome to the Homegrown Remix Podcast. We will be tackling the tough questions that eat at your faith. Throughout the year, four students will dissect, discuss, and comment on each week's topic. And now, please welcome our host and president of Crossroads Farm, Doug Rutledge. Hi, this is Doug, and we're here at the Homegrown Remix Podcast. As always, four of the most brilliant students in the United States sitting here in my office. And every week, we get the privilege of dissecting, uh, discussing, digesting uh, the talk of the night. We've been going through monster questions that eat your faith. Um, And so there's almost nothing that we're not willing to tackle Uh, Again, I'm going to remind you guys, speak up, you know, speak into the microphone, as it were. Um, But first of all, introduce who you are, and I'll introduce the topic when you have introduced yourself. So I'm Macy Savacha, and I'm a senior at Will Carlton. Okay. I'm Kara Hughes, and I'm a senior at Pittsford. I'm Nolan Knorr, and I'm a junior at Quincy. I'm Ben Affelter, and I'm a senior at Reading. So tonight we attacked the, uh, the question, and most of these questions are um, lies. They're, they're not true. They're not good questions for the most part. Uh, and I've heard this question a million times. Why does God hate gay people? And, um, and tonight our answer is it, he doesn't. I mean, he sent his son because his love for the world was so great that he sent Jesus Christ, his only son. He loves us more than we can fathom. And um, again... In the book of Romans, it says, while we are still in our sin, Christ died for us. Like, still committing the acts. Um, but we don't feel real comfortable with the process of sanctification. You know, the process of becoming like Christ, even though we're all going through it. Mm-hmm. But there are some really hard issues, and we're like, if they were really saved, they'd get over that faster, right? Right. So I guess I'm going to open up um, by just asking, do you have friends who you know, hey, I, I got some friends in there. I know this is a struggle for them. And don't give names or anything, but just, you know, is that? And wh- what do you think the most common part of the struggle is? It's a big question. They're all big questions tonight. I have acquaintances from the LGBTQ community. And while I have never mocked anybody it's never been my goal I haven't reached out to them in the way I should have and I had I've been told those people who are in my life and no reason they're not a close friend but they've been like why didn't you speak to them more why didn't you love them more you didn't hate them but they didn't feel loved by you Hmm. and that's a really humbling thing to be told is part of it because we don't really have answers I feel like I didn't I didn't know how to act and I shouldn't feel that way. Like, it's there's more to a person than how they identify. And God right. calls me to love people no matter what, so... Yep. Okay. I feel like my friends, I don't really notice it. Okay. So it's hard for me to, like, talk about it, I guess. Okay. I'll just say I've had a lot of friends. Um, not, like, a lot by percentage-wise, but probably, like, one in every five to ten of my friends. A lot of that comes from me being involved in theater, Mm -hmm. which definitely brings along a lot of involvement with people who um, just have differences in how they sexually view themselves. And I have two very specific people in my mind. Um, One of them who I met was already, had declared herself to be um, homosexual. And then the other one, during my relationship with them, 
made the decision that they were homosexual over that time while they had been heterosexual at the time um, that I met them. Okay. And so over that process, it was hard for them and hard for me to be able to fully understand each other at some of those times. But I think it really helped me and it helped them in our views of each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do think I, I come across it every day. It is something that I find myself actively trying to avoid. It's something that because of my lack of understanding, we talked about today how it's it's just, a, it's a God hates sin. And in the Bible, he calls that a sin. And, but I, I look at like alcoholism and porn and other sins differently because I feel like I understand them better. And I feel like I have a more, a, understanding of why someone's going through those things um, but I, I do not understand why and so that's a struggle for me to be able to do um, interact that way and I also think that I, it, there's an, an avoidance both ways I think because people see me as a Christian they automatically think that I do not like those people and mm-hmm. they think that I don't want to be involved with them and I don't know how to combat that. I don't know how to do that. So I've found myself avoiding it more than facing it. Yeah, there's just this um, discomfort with not understanding somebody, right? And so I think, man, that's not something I've ever dealt with. Although, again, psychologists and psychiatrists have uh, come around this issue a little bit, and they've identified that... um, there's a certain amount of sexual ambiguity as you're young. And um, so, and because of that, there's some exploration that happens that's pretty common. And sometimes people get locked into a decision that they made when they're 11 or 12 at a party because they thought, oh, well, that seals the deal, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, okay, so do you think your discomfort with this issue is that it seems like there's no quick fix? Like you want Jesus to fix them, to make it. But if we think about sin in our lives, is that my experience? You know, that some people tell me, you know, that that happened, uh, you know, that they're instantly removed from sin, temptation. They they no no longer struggle. And I'm like, I want that to be me every time. Like, Lord, please control my tongue instantly. You know, I become Billy Graham or Ravi Zacharias. You know, uh, but... That's hard. Is is that an us struggle instead of a them struggle? Big question. There's definitely a struggle on my end because I, I've never hated someone for how they identify. And honestly, I haven't actually met that many people who are part of the LGBTQ community. And a lot of that has to do with my environment growing up in the, in the school I've been in. When you only have 50 kids in your high school, there's not a lot of people you're going to run into that have much different views than you. Mm-hmm. And I think my struggle has been I have not tried to understand. And while I haven't hated anyone, I haven't been the first to reach out and to love. I haven't tried to make those connections when I could have. It's kind of interesting because the LGBTQ community embraces anyone mm-hmm. and they instantly give them love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. The Christian community, which is supposed to do that based on the love of Christ, we do not. We turn them away. Yeah, because they don't fit the mold, maybe. Is that so? Is that 
us just not living like Jesus? How do I deal with the fact that, you know, God clearly says this is sin and, you know, what can, this becomes a pretty tough issue, right? When I was growing up, it was like a very strange thing for me because I made friends that were part of the community and then I felt like I couldn't have those friends specifically because they, I mean, one of them even was Christian or said to be Christian. Mm. I don't, I can't know anything about that but it was like I felt like I couldn't have that relationship simply because I I had placed my faith in Christ and then I couldn't associate with them simply because people in my life or people I was associated with were plainly sometimes just hated people like that mm-hmm. which is totally unbiblical and mm-hmm. not what God wants and so so God says some hard things yeah. like, you know, but he also says, I, I found this interesting. Somebody said, well, God did command, you know, uh, um, the children of Israel to stone homosexuals. And I'm like, he also said that for rebellious children. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's a pretty wide gap. It's like you guys need the law because without it, nobody's good enough. That was the point. So. Identity in Christ, Romans 8, nothing separates us. Romans 8, 4, and 5, living in the flesh as opposed to living in the spirit. How hard is it for us to live in the spirit? Hard. Impossible sometimes, seemingly. What's that look like? What's living in the spirit look like? That's the real question, right? A daily choice and journey. Remembering the timeline? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like my life is this vapor, it's a mist. That's really humbling. Oh, it is, isn't it? Like, I want to make these grandiose decisions because I think this is the most important decision ever made. And God's like, you don't understand. Mm -hmm. Your your sexuality is only this part of your life, and your life is this part, this long. And then he put it on the the time frame of eternity and bringing glory to God. It's Mm -hmm. nothing. Only the things that we do for Christ actually matter. Let me ask you a really hard question. So if Christ said to you, all right, give me your sexual identity. Like, as a heterosexual male, female, give me your identity. That's, that's what it costs to follow me. What do you do with that? Um, knowing myself, I would automatic, automatically be like, no, thank you. I like to control things. I like to control the things in my life. And I like to control the things that don't belong to me. Because frankly, none of it belongs to me. And... For me to trust God with every single bit of my life, that's really hard to do. I mean, and the first step for that is recognizing that it's not mine, but then you're like, then identity issues come into place. Well, if it's not my life, then and if it's God's, then who really am I? And I think a lot of questions can unravel from identity alone. This makes me happy. Why would I give up something that makes mm-hmm. me happy? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a big deal. All right, could you do it? I mean, it's easy for us to say, that we could because it's theoretical hmm. but if God really asked us to do that it's really hard to know what we would actually do Ben? I mean if I felt like God asked me to do that I'd give it, my sh- give it a shot <laughs> He'd probably have to ask you really directly Right yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And I wouldn't probably get it my first couple of times So yeah. imagine God speaking through somebody else like a preacher saying I've just revealed something. God has revealed something to me. Nolan, he wants you to live a celibate life for now on. See, like, in my past, there have been literal moments where I have said, like, the words, God, take my sexuality in general, because I don't want this. Yeah. 
and at the same time, I knew that I couldn't let go of it because yeah. that's not how he made us. Yeah. That it wouldn't just be a letting go, it'd be a choosing to step away. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'd want to make that decision, but I don't think I could at oh. some point. So that gives us a framework for understanding how hard this is. Yeah. I mean, whew, wow. Right. Regardless of decision or born this way, this is this is, Christ demands everything. I think that that's that's where we were. Just our identity needs to be in Christ. So imagine the uh, this this was my thought tonight as I finished up. I thought imagine if kids whose identity was in Christ came out with the same kind of ferocity that it takes to come out as a person who's in the LGBTQ community. What, what would that do? That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. That'd be crazy. We just don't do it. No. No. We're afraid to come out as Christians. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and there's really almost no ridicule that is even close to what goes on for sexual identity. Mm-hmm. It's pretty hard. It's funny you asked that question because today at church my pastor said, like he was a track coach for years at Addison, and he said, if I acted as a Christian and like as your pastor in church, the way I acted as a coach, screaming and yelling and jumping and clapping, things would look a lot different. And I was like, wow, if I acted like that, like how I do watching a basketball game that I'm only semi-invested in, yeah. <laughs> then I don't even play basketball. I don't even like basketball, but I was like, what are you doing? You know, like if I acted like that every day, I think my relationships would be different. I would have better friends. I wouldn't have experienced unfortunate friendships. Um, I think people around me might have made different decisions. And it's not based off of me or what I do, but what they're seeing through me. I want to have that. I want to have that excitement about Jesus the way I do about my dogs (laughs) in some basketball games. I heard a guy um, speaking about um, his, um, his coming out and he said when I realized that and there was a sadness to that because I think we all kind of want to be like everybody else Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with our identity in Christ we want to be like everybody else you know I don't want to be so weird that people shun me and he made that statement when I realized that and it it was uh it was a sad moment for me to hear that um and I, and I realized, wow, this is, this is a hard thing, and we as Christians probably need to, to have better answers. So here's my, here's my last question. So you're speaking to, you know, uh, any given week, you know, quite a few people. Several of those uh, people are, no doubt, wrestling through this whole concept of sexual identity. What would you say to them tonight? First and foremost without any kind of boundaries or any kind of like any you don't need to say anything else other than God loves you mm-hmm. and that will never change and that won't stop and that won't ever become something that you can lose you can't really even push away from that um you can't like you said in the talk you can't earn God's love and you can't lose it but also from a personal standpoint if someone in the LGBT community came up to me and said, this is how you could love me better because I'm not perfect. I would like to welcome that. People I do and don't know tell me how to love better. Do you think it's our obligation maybe to ask that question? 
How can yeah. the world get better? Yeah. Someone that's, has boy, that's tough. Yeah. Someone has to start that relationship yeah. in any friendship, romantic relationship, workplace, um, coworkers, like someone has to be the first one to do it. Yeah. And if it's not me, then it has to be the other person. We have to make sexuality like more comfortable to talk about to be able to understand it better. Yeah. I want to say that this decision is not going to change my acceptance of who you are. And it doesn't change the acceptance of how God thinks of you either. I feel like a lot of our problems and a lot of these issues has become this, even Christians coming out and being Christian is we're afraid that no one's going to accept us for the way we believe and the way we think. Um, and I want to say that that's not something you can control, but it's something that I want to let you know that we accept you and I accept you for who you are and I want to I want to tell you that I'm not going to change the way I think because of your beliefs. I, um, I think that life is a process of kind of scraping away everything that doesn't resemble Christ if I'm a believer. Mm-hmm. And scraping is not an unrealistic state. <laughs> like whether it's in marriage or having children or our, our goal, our objective is to look more like Christ. And wherever I start my walk, and again, I say, I say this all the time, it's easier if I get saved at four and, uh, you know, I've been raised with the, these, you know, rules around me and people who are kind of nurturing my relationship. Um, but if I make a later decision in life, there are decisions I made earlier and they, they mark kind of who I am. And I think that's hard. And I think we need to recognize that. I think I think we need to pursue Christ full-fledged, you know, regardless. So, all right. Guys, thank you. Crossroads Farm is happy to share coffee joy with you through the delicious Rich Roast Coffee. You can order yours by contacting the CRF office at crossroadsfarm.org. And contact us to learn about our innovative ministry curriculum, The Arms of a Servant Leader four-year strategic discipleship training resource. Follow us on Facebook at Crossroads Farm, Crossroads Farm Northwest, and Crossroads Farm RCI. Also on Insta and Twitter.